Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. We have celebrated our Palm Sunday. This Passover week, it is our great opportunity tonight to partake in communion. This is not a light topic. This is not simply going through the motions. It's more than a simple sacrament. But we are remembering his body, his blood tonight. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to read to get started from verses 26, 27, and 28. Verse 26, 27, and 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, break it, gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup. And he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it for this is my blood of the new Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I would preach to you tonight on this communion evening for just a little while before we partake of this holy sacrament together. This is my body. This is my blood. This is my body. This is my blood. I want you to lift your voice all over this house with me. Whether you lift your hands or not, I'm asking you to lift your voice in prayer. Can we begin to magnify and worship the Lord? I'm asking everyone of any level of spiritual maturity to be mature right now. Oh God, we worship you. Oh God, we love you. May your word do its intended purpose tonight. May I do my best to be holy as the messenger of your word this evening. We give you thanks and we give you praise in this house and let every member of the body say amen. God bless you and you may be seated here tonight. We are speaking about his body. We are speaking about his blood. 
I need to say from the very onset this evening, it is not gruesome in the house of God to speak about his body or to speak about his blood. It is not gruesome. It is right and it is righteous to remember. We remember what Christ accomplished for the world. Not just for the world as a whole, but very much personally what he has done for us. And I have found myself, and I told the ministry team before service, I have found myself back in the book of Leviticus and thanking God that we are not simply living for a day of atonement. Aren't you thankful we're not living for that once a year opportunity for sin to be rolled back? But when the Lord came and suffered and bled and died, all power was in him. And it was more than just to roll them back temporarily, but it was the ability to atone the sins of mankind and to wash them away. We believe that Jesus Christ can wash away our sins. That's why we are a church that believes in preaching the blood of Jesus. And we, like the psalmist would sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I, I am uh, unfortunately standing here to tell you that our world has made a spectacle of the spilling of blood. They've made it the things of video games. It's astounding the amount of killings the average American that watches TV sees annually. As if bloodshed does not matter. But from the very first book of scripture, when Cain rises up against his brother, we are told that the Lord spoke and said, his blood is crying to me. There has always been life in the blood, but there is no life. Whew. There is no, there is no life giving blood like the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why some people think I'm old fashioned when I say I don't think our kids should be playing a bunch of games where there's blood splurting everywhere. I don't, I don't think it's right. I don't think we should watch things where people are massacred. And, sorry, I don't think that way. I think we who are holy should try to be holy. Try to guard what we put in front of our eyes. Bloodshed is a real thing and it is serious. Here tonight, we have some responsibilities. It is our job as believers, everyone say believers, as believers to prepare our hearts, our minds, our lives. It is our job to prepare and to make repentance. And how many believe that with true repentance, we should bear some fruit of repentance? Amen. Not just to continue in sin that grace may abound, God forbid, but that we would repent and we would turn, that we would go before the Lord with a sincere heart, and that we would then participate spiritually in the sacrifice 
of Jesus Christ by taking communion. And then there is a proclamation portion of this. We proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. We proclaim his gospel unashamedly. We receive the elements of the Lord's Supper, but we do not receive it simply again as sacrament, but because we know what it means in our lives and what it helps us to accomplish through our lives. For we are believers. We are believers. There is an examination of the process and it is taught by Paul to the church at Corinth in chapter 10 and chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. And so I would like to take you there to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight. If you do not have a Bible, they will place these scriptures on the screen for you. We're going to read verses 16 and 17 to get started. Verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 10 says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Paul was going to go on and talk to them about the fact that we do not partake of that which has been given to idols. What we're doing in the church as believers, Paul is asking them the question and instructing them at the same time. We do this because we are a part of the body of Christ. Communion in, in the Greek coin onia, it, 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 it is that thing of fellowship, association. It, it is that, that deep association and community. We come from different backgrounds, different walks of life. Our choir, our praise singers, put that on display here tonight. We looked different. Our last names biologically are different. Our voice inflection is different. Our DNA is different. But we are a part of one body. We are a part of one bread. We are a part of the body of Christ Jesus. And it allows us on a night like this when we speak of communion, which is common union, we come to a place where we say what unifies us is greater than what divides us. What brings us together is greater than what would tear us apart. How many know that one of the greatest tactics of the enemy has always been separation from the body? Separation from the, bri the bride. But we are one bread and we are one body. And it was that royal blood that was shed for you and it was shed for me. It was shed for those of us with money and it was shed for those of us with none. It was shed for those of us that have a lighter skin complexion and those of us that have a darker skin complexion. It was shed for those of us that have been raised in the church, but it was shed for those of us that have only been in the church just for a little while. It was the blood. And it 
brings us together. Not because of our last name, but because of his name. And Paul was telling the church, don't you get mixed up in the division of this world. Don't you get mixed up in the idolatry of this world. Don't you think that's who we are? No, no, no. We are partakers of the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus. We are men and women of the name of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you're a part of that body tonight? The Lord's Supper is meant to be unifying. Unifying. It's meant to bring us it should never be, ah, oh, we had communion tonight. It should be, we had communion. I came together with like-minded believers, with my brothers and my sisters, and we remembered if the song goes off key, it doesn't matter. And we remembered if the remodel isn't my favorite color. That's not really what matters. We remembered that what really put us together is that we know he suffered. He bled and he died for me. And I'm a partaker of his. I'm a partaker of his body. I'm a partaker of his blood. And we thank God for that. I will tell you that communion should cause us to praise the Lord. The fact that we can be a part of the communion process and that we have a community to be in communion with. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for a body of believers. I, I'm going to tell you right now, Brother Ross, I thank God I don't have to walk through this world without a body of believers. I thank God, college students, I thank God, as treacherous as this is right now in our day and age, I thank God that regardless of the, what the world says, out there, I've got a body of believers. Brother Mark is preaching tonight here talking about what he had fallen into. Thank God for a body of believers that he could be restored. You know, the devil would have told him, you'll never stand in that pulpit and preach when he's like, but thank God for the body, the body, the body that envelops them back in. Find a couple people near you, give them your best smile and tell them we need each other. Let me ask a question. Some of you are having a little too much fun with that. Let me ask a question, and I'm going to ask somebody to be honest in here tonight. Who knows the devil would love to pull you out of the church? You know one of the enemy's tactics is he would love to disconnect you from the body. Try to get you disconnected from the body. Try to make you suffer offense. Try to make you suffer hurt, loss. I think church attendance matters. I do. I don't think we should be able to just easily miss church. I think it should bother us. I think it should prick our hearts if we have to miss church. I think there should be something burning inside of us to be in the house of God. But the enemy would want us to believe if I don't show up, they won't even notice. Let me tell you something right now. Somebody will notice, but even if they don't, God will. 
The body helps make this right, but the, peop the, the people are not the ones that save us. The people are who we walk with, but it's the Lord who is evaluating us and judging us. But it is the tactic of the enemy. We've watched it forever. It is the tactic of the enemy to slowly and gradually try to pull people away from the body because there's a strength in the body. There's a strength when the body comes together. Some of you know you would not be as quite the worshiper you are without the body. Some of you, they get rambunctious every now and then. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I'm still not that rambunctious. But some of you that are very rambunctious, aren't you glad? I love every year. I watch it every year at camp. I evaluated at camp when all those teenagers get together and they begin to worship and somebody starts jumping. Somebody starts shouting. Somebody starts praising. Had somebody tell me one time, I don't even know if they know what they're praising. I said, why don't you shut up and let them go? I'd rather them be excited in living for God. I'm not apologetic about us encouraging one another to praise God and worship God and live for God and magnify God. Let me give you the illustration, okay? If we're, out on the, if we're out on the boat together, we're out in the middle of the lake, and God forbid I fall overboard, I hope you don't stand there with a drink in your hand and... Good luck. I hope you would do something to reach for me where I'm at. And that's what the body does for one another. When we see someone drifting, when we see someone falling out, when we see someone, it's the enemy's pleasure to cart them away. But it is the tenacity of the body to get to where they are and say, we don't let anyone simply. We don't let anyone simply be removed from the body. If I see them hurting, it is my job, it is my obligation as a part of the body to go to where they are, to try to help them. Not to abandon truth myself, but to reach for them. Here's what I can do. Put out my hand and reach as far as I can and hope that they'll reach back. And it might, take, it might take a little extra stretching on my part. It might be uncomfortable on my part. But just say I might happen to make a connection that keeps them from staying in that condition. And I can help pull them back into the body. We're not going to apologize about being a body that reaches for those that are wounded and those that are hurt and those the enemy wants to say. Come on, common union. We're in this together. We're fighting for one another. His body was broken so that this one wouldn't have to be. That's a word for somebody right now. He let himself be pierced. You don't have to be. He let himself endure that so that you don't have to. You can find your strength in the body. You can find your encouragement in the body. Anybody besides me ever had to get on the phone with somebody and say, I need you to pray about this with me? I need you to bind together in prayer with me? Oh, pastor, what's that do? I'll tell you what it does. It gets us in alignment with scripture when two or three when two or three, 
they begin to touch that thing and they begin to say, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why would we pray that way? Because that's why we're a body. We're a one bread and we're one body because of him. And so we enter into communion. We come in common union one with another in this practice. Why don't we put our hands together? Thank God for the church. Just thank God for the church. Amen. We're not just participating in a current action, but we are partaking in agreement with a previous action that was fulfilled on our behalf. We are participating in what Christ has done for us on the cross. I encourage every participant here tonight, everyone that will partake of the Lord's Supper, not to see it as a religious obligation, but as a way of saying, I am one of his. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven. Sorry, I'm a little overwhelmed by what I feel right now. I think it'd be good if we just started thanking him that we're his. Come on, if it's been a while since you just said, thank you for letting me be one of yours. Ooh. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me be one of your sons. Come on, ladies, why don't you tell him, thank you for letting me be a daughter in the... Come on, young people, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For the blood. The cup reminds us of the blood that was poured out from the body of Christ as it was being broken. The blood of Jesus was shed for the remission, for the cancellation of our sins. Not just the atonement. Hebrews 9 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But because the blood was shed, I get to think I'm not who I was. And I'm not who the enemy declared me to be. And I'm not who that mistake tells me I should be. I'm not who that old addiction claims I should be. I'm not who that. <laughs> I was that before the blood. But I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead that blood. And I've repented of my sins. And we thank God that the Lord will wash our sins away. Baptism is not optional. Whoever needs to hear that right now, baptism is not optional. All the way underwater, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of our sins, we're buried with him in baptism.
Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 11, one chapter over. The 26th verse says, For as oft as ye eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. For as oft as you do it, whenever you do it, you are proclaiming, you are showing, you are evidencing the Lord's death till he come. Participation in communion tonight is a proclamation that we are believers in Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed to say this tonight. We believe that the gospel is the greatest message ever told. Hands down. We believe that when someone talks about Jesus, they are telling the greatest story of all time. And we don't need Hollywood's version of it to make it more sensational. He suffered. He bled. He died. But three days later, And I know Easter's next week, but I got a feeling you know why we celebrate it. The grave was not the end. That's why his body was not broken on accident and his blood was not shed on accident. I need you to look at your other neighbor now and I need you to know this. They're the reason. Uh Uh-huh. They're the reason. You go home and look in the mirror. You're the reason. I'm the reason. It is a humbling reality. So no, I will not ask forgiveness when I step to the pulpit week in and week out and say there is no name greater than the name of Jesus Christ. And there is no story that is more powerful than the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are proclaiming, we are proclaiming his death We are proclaiming his gospel, the good news. Why are you proclaiming that? Because we are no longer captives to this world. We were born sinners, but we have been washed. We have been redeemed. We've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And when we gather for the holy sacrament in a night like tonight, we partake of his blood and we partake of his body. The symbolism of the bread and the, and the juice tonight is that we are reaffirming the strength, the power, the, 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 the unmatched. Need to say that tonight. The unmatched encounter of the touch of God. It is unequivocally the greatest thing that mankind has ever partaken of. Search through all of history. You will never find the account to be greater than when the spotless lamb of God suffered, bled, died, and resurrected. Nothing will be found more powerful. And when I understand those things, then I understand that for me to be a participant, there must be preparation. 
Because two verses later in the 11th chapter, Paul writes to them, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. But after he has examined himself. Tonight we have to have some self-examination. Before we partake, and we're going to partake in a few minutes. But before we partake of communion this evening together. We've got to make sure that we examine ourselves for verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats of the bread and drinks of the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Pastor Carson, are you going to go through and say who should and who should not? No, 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 no. That, that's not the way it works. A man should examine himself. Well, what do I do? i tell you what you do if you've got... If you got something in your heart that's not pleasing to the Lord, he's going to show you here in a minute. And you need to repent. You need to say, God, forgive me. I got sin in my heart. I've had anger against a brother or a sister. I, 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 I've, let, I've let an addiction build up in my life. How many know we got to pure, be pure before the Lord? Feel something moving even in this room right now. I want you to lift your hands with me. I think God's going to help us right now. I want you to begin to pray with me all over this room. God, search my heart. Search my mind, reveal to me anything that's unpleasing. I'm asking you to forgive me. Every wrong word I've spoken. If I've offended anyone, forgive me and help me to make it right. If I've hurt your body in any way, I'm asking you to forgive me and help me, oh God, to be pure, be righteous. Oh, I need some of the elders to help lead us into a real wailing prayer right now. We need, we need real, we need some, we need some deep, deep prayer to occur in this room right now. We need some voices. Search my heart. Oh God. Search my mind. 